0: Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, uh, one of the podcast co hosts. You can follow me on Twitter at Talkin' ACC Sports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at Hokiesmash underscore ASD. I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as we get a word from our sponsor.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. This podcast is sponsored by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia. Main Street Pharmacy is at 301 South Main Street, Suite 107, Blacksburg, Virginia, 24060. You can follow Main Street Pharmacy on Twitter at at MainStreetPharm. That's at M-A-I-N-S-T-R-E-E-T-P-H-A-R-M. This week, we have an awesome return guest in Dan Caro, the owner and operator of treadmillhorse.com. You can follow Dan on Twitter at, at treadmillhorse. That's at T R E A D M I L L H O R S E. Dan, welcome back, friend. We are happy you're you're back here on the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. This is the longest running ACC podcast in the United States, and uh, we're proud that you're back here. You've been here with us for a long time, and you've come on here. I mean, I I I kind of go back here. You've come on here as a guest during ACC football and ACC basketball. You've also previewed the Virginia Tech football team you've even guest hosted you've done a lot of work for 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 us in support of this podcast and we appreciate having you back so the first thing i want to ask is tell us about yourself and give us anything that you want to plug dan the floor is yours thanks again
2: sure Uh, i love being on the podcast guys i thank you again for having me on Um, you guys always do great work Um, i love listening to your guests each week you guys always have like insightful guests on they're always bringing great content. You, you get, get a lot of guests that have different perspectives. So that's something I really like about the podcast. And it's always fun to co- come on and chop it up with you guys. Um, so I'll lead off with that. Um, just a little bit about me. I graduated from Virginia Tech in 2004. Like you said, I'm at Treadmill Horse on Twitter. I also have TreadmillHorse.com, which is primarily focused on football. It's like a Virginia Tech football blog. So if your listeners are interested in that, they can check me out there. Um, I would say generally on the Twitter account, I'm mostly talking Virginia Tech football and basketball. I chime in every now and then with ACC-related items or if anything is touching on like the wide world of college football or basketball, I'm chiming, chiming in on that. And then I consider myself like kind of like a uniform junkie guru um, whatever a team like announces a new uniform or Virginia tech's putting out something new. I like to chime in on that. So that's a lot of about what I do. I guess, I guess I chime in on like statistics too and analytics. Um, that's not as much as what you're going to get from, from my account, but I, I chime in on that from time to time, but that's, that's pretty much it from my end.
1: Very good, sir. Very good, sir. So kind of like I'm an expert on, Beef Jerky, Summer Sausage, and Mountain Dew Zero. So I'll take those as wins. I, I I know I'm Twitter's expert and go-to when it comes to those subjects, and I know everybody cares about them, at least two listeners out there. Uh, I'm being a little facetious when I say that. So let's go on, man, to ACC basketball. ACC basketball, the week that was. Dan, who is your most impressive ACC men's basketball team of the week? The floor is yours here. And then I know Jeff has a few comments, so we'll go to him here, but the floor is yours. The floor is yours here first, Dan, go ahead.
2: Sure. So I got to, it's Virginia tech and Florida state. I'll, I'll start with Florida state. So the way that they pulled out that upset win and JPJ arena against UVA was like pretty incredible. Um, like I, I haven't seen like a last second shot like that since I think like Leitner back in the nineties is, it, it was pretty insane. And, it was from further back, and I think they even had, like, less time on the clock, and it was wild. Um, it, was, it was funny. I was watching the game with uh, my wife and my in-laws, and, like, they were like, oh, UVA is going to win, right? There's only one second left on the clock. And being a Virginia Tech fan, I've seen some pretty crazy things at the end of the game. I'd be like, yeah, I mean, there's probably, like, a 99.9% chance UVA wins, but you never know. There's, like, one second on the clock. Like, anything could happen. And as soon as I finished saying that, that was like the inbound, um, the, the turnaround, the shot, and it went in. And like all everybody in the room was kind of like their their jaws were on the floor. So that was, was a pretty wild win, but impressive for FSU. Like hopefully they can get into a postseason tournament. But that was that was a pretty big win. Um, and then Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, Miami had them on the ropes basically the entire game. Um, I guess Virginia Tech had a lead in the in the first half, but from how, from like just before halftime on, like it was Miami was pretty much in cruise control up until the last couple of minutes where Virginia Tech got back in it. Um, on the last possession of the game, Hunter Couture tipped the ball. Um, on the, Miami had the ball. They were up by two. There's like 14 seconds left on the clock. They inbounded it. At Hunter Couture tipped it. It went right to Darius Maddox. Darius Maddox hit a three pointer to put Virginia Tech up. With 10 seconds left, they were whole. Virginia Tech was able to hold on for the win. That was, it was a big win because it kind of kept their NCAA tournament hopes afloat. Um, stayed alive for for another week. Um, and it was an impressive win. It was Miami on the road. And it was also payback for Miami's like half-court heave. They went in, in the game in Blacksburg. And both games were wildly entertaining. Uh, but yeah, like kind of miracle finishes on both ends, like for the game where Miami won in Blacksburg and the game that Tech won in Miami.
0: All right. Um, yeah, I have a thought, a, th- a thought on this. I think those were great choices, uh, Dan, with uh, Virginia Tech and Florida State. You know, Florida State coming out there, with all the injuries they've had and, and to, you know, pull out that last second win. And then Virginia tech, like you said, going down into Miami and getting a, a critical win. But one, one other team I want to just give a mention to that uh, I also think had a pretty impressive week and we haven't talked about them all year. Cause they kind of just, you know, hadn't played well, most of the season, they've been mired near the bottom of the, you know, the, from the middle of the pack to the bottom of the ACC and that's, and that's Clemson. And uh, you know, before the, the week, after the PJ hall injury, who's been there, you know, he's been their premier player throughout the course of this year said, all right, you know, Brannell's going to, you know, head into the off season, you know, hot seat. They're going to just limp to the finish line just try to get through the season. And, you know, they get a pretty hot wake forest team. And I was at this game and played one of their best games of the year, maybe their best game of the year, you know, beating wake forest by 11, uh, without hunter tyson or pj hall and then they come back and they go and play and um have another double digit win at boston college who you know they haven't been great but boston colleges under earl grants had a had a decent first year so i kind of kind of give a little shout out to clemson and Brynell for co- circling the wagons this past week and and starting to play some pretty decent basketball chase hunter uh you know, been an under the radar guy has started to play really well. Um, and, and they could be a, a dark horse pick going into the ACC tournament. You know, I don't, I don't think they're capable of winning it by any stretch, but you know, they might be able to pull an upset or two in that tournament with the way they're starting to play. So um, I just wanted to, I wanted to add Clemson to that, to that list of teams that I thought had pretty impressive weeks that you mentioned.
1: Uh. Absolutely, Jeff. Absolutely, Jeff. Uh, Can I uh, look, I'll be the I'll be the guy here that says one other thing, too. I mean, Duke is rated very high, obviously, in the polls. But I thought it was a huge win for them to go into Virginia and win that game on the road. And they also blew absolutely blew out Syracuse on the road. And, you know, that's normally known as a very tough place to play And they went in there and absolutely destroyed the Orange. I mean, it wasn't close. They they beat the Orange by 25 points. And if you get that sort of team in the NCAA tournament, you know, playing at that level like Duke can, they can put themselves, I think, into a position of, you know, if things play right with, you know, a couple of other games, they can put themselves into a position and being a number one seed. I was really impressed with how the Blue Devils played this week. So, I mean, it's I mean, and it's fair to say, like, you know, that, yeah, they're the best team in the conference because they are and they're the highest rated team in the in the conference. But I thought that those were two extremely underrated wins this week by by Duke, given how, you know, given that they are, you know, they are a powerhouse. They have a lot of very, really good players. But going in and win, winning at Virginia and going in and winning at, at Syracuse, it's not easy to win on the road. Even in a down ACC, so I was very impressed. I was very impressed by Duke's performance this week. You know, getting two wins like that. So uh, let's go on to the next question here. Who is your most disappointing ACC team of the week? The floor is yours.
2: So I think it has to be uh, Virginia. It has to be UVA. Like it's it's for a couple reasons. Like they had a big opportunity. Well, I would say they were kind of like Virginia Tech. That for the tournament, they're a little bit on the outside looking in. Um, they had a chance going into this week to really improve their resume, but it, it was just a really bad week for them. First off, couldn't get it done against Duke. At like they had Duke at home. Um, it was a close game, but they couldn't get that one done. I think Duke's the class of the conference, and to get a really like headline marquee win, that an opportunity to get one, they couldn't get that one. And then the Florida State game, they essentially had that game won. Um, they just had to, had to play defense for just one second, tip the ball, do something just to get in the face of the shooter. Couldn't do that, and they took just this uh, horrific loss to Florida State. Um, not to say that Florida State's not a good team. I think I think they're fine, but. If you're trying to sneak into the tournament at the last minute, losing to Florida state at home, isn't going to do you any favors. Um, So I I think it's got to be Virginia this week. Like I I think they had a chance to make a statement. They couldn't. And at this point, they're probably looking the NIT square in the face.
1: Fair statement, fair statement. Hey, Dan, can you do us a favor? When, When you're, when you're not talking, if you can put yourself on mute, that'd be great. That'd be great. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Uh, let's uh jeff i'm gonna turn the show over to you here now man
0: all right thank you matthew um dan which acc game are you looking forward to the most um this upcoming week and if there's a couple of other you know if there's one or two games out there that you're looking forward to you know go ahead and, and and mention those
2: so the primary one that I'm looking forward to is that VT Louisville game on Tuesday at nine o'clock, um, mostly because, and I know that Matt, Matthew knows this, like tech has lost to Louisville 17 times in a row. Um, and just given how Louisville's performed this year and how tech's performing right now, tech has won eight out of nine, eight out of the last nine games, Louisville's going into that game six and 12 in the conference um the game is in Blacksburg I think Virginia Tech has a chance to break that skid this week like I think they have a pretty good chance um it's one that I think a lot of Virginia Tech fans have been waiting for for a long time to get that monkey off our back so I think that's a big opportunity uh for the Virginia Tech program and then obviously you've got Duke and UNC coming up this Saturday going to be a huge game Um, I don't know anybody who doesn't think that Duke isn't the class of the conference this year. They're, um, they're head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, And then they've got like that game, like rivalry game against Carolina. I think these are one of the games where you just toss out the records. You don't know what's going to happen. You've got the coach K factor last game at Duke and the rivalry. I mean, that's one that's just going to be must see TV. Like regardless, regardless of what their records are, the implications for the tournament. That one, that one's a big one.
0: All right, Dan. Um, looking ahead, some more to next week. Which ACC team will be on upset uh, alert next week if they're caught, you know, looking past an opponent um, in this upcoming week?
2: So I think it's going to be like an odd call just because it's um, the top team in the conference going against one of the worst teams in the conference. But I would say Duke needs to watch out on their trip to Pittsburgh on Tuesday this week. Um, Pittsburgh recently has put up some sneaky good wins. And then you've got Duke maybe potentially looking forward to that game this weekend against North Carolina. Um, Going into Pittsburgh is not one that you want to sleep through. And then, like, uh, in the past week, uh, Pittsburgh didn't have a great week. But prior to that, they had a win at Florida State. They got a win, like, at home against NC State, and then a a big win at North Carolina. So it seems like Pitt's coming on late. Um, If Duke is sleepwalking through that game early this week, leading up to that North Carolina game, I think they could be in some trouble. So I would (laughs) – I'm not to say that I'm putting Duke on upset alert. I'm just saying that um, that might be a trap game that Duke needs to be a little bit concerned about um, not look ahead to Saturday's game. Um, another one that's on my radar is Miami at BC. Um, BC is kind of like a sneaky good team at home. I think a lot of people don't give them credit for that. Um, my Hokies found that out the hard way. That like If you go into Boston College expecting a win and you kind of – sleepwalk through that game you you might come out with a loss i think miami coming coming off that tough tough loss to tech on saturday i think that's one they they might want to watch out for too
0: yeah i think dan that miami is a is a really good choice of, of a team that needs to watch out on upset alert and you already mentioned the game at boston college and that they've they just had that heartbreaking loss to Virginia Tech, and they've got two tricky games this week. You know, not with also with uh, with the Boston College game. They also got to go on the road on Saturday at Syracuse, and you know Miami's in a position. You know they've been they've been on the good side of the bubble the entire uh, the entire conference season, but if you lose to Boston College, you lose to Syracuse following that loss to Virginia tech. And you're looking at a three game losing streak and it gets a little bit dicey going into the ACC tournament. I think this is a really critical week, um, for Miami, not to slip up uh, a one in one. And they're probably still on the right side of the, the bubble, but it, it would really do them, uh, you know, do, do, do them well, if they were to sweep both of those games. And those are, those are two tricky trap games. Um, I know, Matt. You've got Matthew. You've got a thought here on on uh, teams on upset alert.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dan kind of talked about it at the earlier uh, earlier part of the podcast. But that 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 Virginia Tech's game against Louisville is like a history making sort of thing for Virginia Tech because Virginia Tech has not defeated Louisville in ACC play. And hasn't beat it, hasn't defeated Louisville since nineteen nine. You know, I want to say it's nineteen ninety one. I think, right, Dan? I think, I, I, I think it. I mean, I think it's really been thirty one years since Virginia Tech has it, has defeated Louis, Louisville. So that's, that's the first thing I'd say. And I, I you know, that that's just that's you know, you want to make sure that that's not in the psyche of the team. Now, obviously, it's a different coaching staff. It's a different team. Louisville's got an acting head coach. There are a bunch of factors in play where maybe Louisville has checked out for the season. But I I think that that's certainly one that I have on my radar. And the other one, Jeff, you kind of alluded to it earlier. Clemson's played pretty – has played better in the last couple of games. And that road trip to to Clemson is kind of tricky for Virginia Tech. I mean, I said before to – I think I've said this to both you and Dan before that I I like the Mike – young versus Brad Brownell coaching matchup. I think, I think that is in the Hokies favor, but you know, at the same time, Clemson's played better basketball, basketball as of late. And sometimes, sometimes I think that Brad Brownell doesn't change, change defenses fast enough as he should, you know, based on the scouting report against, again, against teams that he plays. So, I mean, Virginia tech has an opportunity to get to 20 wins if you know, if they play their cards right this week, which would, you know, put them in good position to get into the NCAA tournament, they may have to win a game or two in the ACC tournament. But getting to twenty wins and having a pretty decent performance in the ACC tournament, you know, would do things pretty well. Would do? I think that would work out pretty well for Virginia Tech. I'd be interested in getting your take on what I just said, Dan.
2: Yeah. So I feel like. Tech always finishes off with Clemson somehow, whether it be at home or on the road. And I don't know why. I always feel like Tech finishes the season losing to Clemson. Like Whenever we get Clemson early in the ACC slate, I feel like we take care of business. But it's that late-season Clemson game that always seems to get us. And I agree with you. They're playing better basketball, games on the road, I don't know, like it's it's not one I'm super confident about. Like I do think the Virginia Tech will snap the uh, the Louisville streak on Tuesday. I think they'll get a win there. Um I don't know that I'm super confident about that game at Clemson on Saturday. I think that's that's gonna be a tough one for the Hokies to win. I
1: agree. I agree.
0: All right, thank you, Matthew. Um Dan, let's turn our attention to football here for a second. Um, what is your take on some of the The moves, the hires of the ACC football coaches during the offseason.
2: So the one that stands out that I think was just a home run, it's just looked amazing from any standpoint since the hire was announced is Mario Cristobal at Miami. It's an awesome fit, like going back to South Florida. The staff he's putting together there is like incredible, superstar staff. Um, he's bringing in Josh Gaddis. And in my mind, if um, Harbaugh had left uh, Michigan, like I thought Josh Gaddis had a decent chance to get that job. So it's a guy who who could have potentially been a head coach at Michigan who they bring in to be their offensive coordinator. They're bringing in Charlie Strong. They're bringing in Kevin Steele. There's some other big names that they're throwing around to add into that staff. So, the way that Miami's pumping money into their program, that looks incredible. Like the fit for Mario Cristobal at Miami, that looks incredible. And the staff that they're putting together looks incredible. So I think on all fronts, that 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 hire looks like an A-plus across the board. Um, the next hire I like, I think it's Virginia Tech. Like it's not the home run hire that Miami had, but I think it's a solid hire. Uh, I think Virginia Tech's getting back to their focus on defense, like, and running the football on offense. Like, it's, it's back to that Virginia Tech DNA that we had with Frank Beamer and Bud Foster. It's also a heavy emphasis on recruiting the state of Virginia. So I don't know that Brett Pry is going to be another Frank Beamer and Bud Foster, but it, it is getting back to that Virginia Tech DNA and, like, what they built their program on. Um, It remains to be seen how successful like version two of that's going to be. But I do think it it matches like a formula that has worked for Virginia Tech in the past. Um, The next hire I want to look at is uh, Mike Elko at Duke. Um, I thought Mike Elko was going to take a bigger job than the Duke job. Um, I think it's, I think it's a solid hire. I think he'll do well there. And I think doing well there equals like, like going 500 every year, going 6 and 6 every year and going to a bowl game. Um, that's what I worry about for him that like even if he's successful there, I don't know if that's like a high profile enough job and a high profile enough performance for him to get a big a bigger better job than duke. And that's even if he just does like a spectacular job and gets him to 500 every every year. That's the only thing that I'm concerned about. I think he'll improve that program. I think it'll be better than what they've had the past couple years with David Cutcliffe. Um, I just, I'm not sure what the ceiling is there, but I, I do think it is a good hire for them. Um, the hire that I'm like most concerned about, or that I have like most question marks about is Tony Elliott. Um, on paper, looks really good. Tony Elliott did some good things at Clemson. Um, pretty regularly had high flying offenses there. The thing is, I just think it's like a weird fit at, at Virginia. I just, to me, it doesn't scream like a good fit. And then the staff he's putting together, um, it, it just, I don't know, it, just, it doesn't scream a good fit there. Like the Virginia Tech getting Brent Pry and the focus on the state of Virginia, I think on paper that looks pretty good. Um, I haven't seen enough from Virginia's staff so far. Um, to have a good sense whether it's going to work out or not. I just say on the surface, it looks like a little bit of a weird hire for them. Um, and I think Tony Elliott's a good coach. I think I think it's that. I just don't know that Virginia is the right place for him. Um, so it's I think it's, for me, it's more like wait and see. Maybe it'll turn out to be an awesome hire. Maybe he'll uh, take over right from where um, Bronco was and, and make things happen at Virginia. I just think on the surface, it looks a little odd to me.
0: All right, sounds good, Dan. Uh Matthew, I'm gonna turn it over to you as we uh close out the podcast.
1: Dan, you've been awesome tonight, man. And we love again, we loved having you come on this show. You're always a great guest. So, man, open microphone time. Anything within reason <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on in the world, but I, I like to stick to ACC just to keep it light and keep it focused on sports. Um, yeah, like the thing that's, that caught my attention this week as a follow-up to the Virginia Tech-Miami game, and I think a lot of ACC fans have had to deal with this this year, um, the Virginia Tech-Miami game was on like RSN, like Regional Sports Networks. Um, and de- depending on where you live, that can be a lot of different networks. It can be Valley Sports up here in the Mid-Atlantic. It's Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, which is what broadcasts the, the Nationals and Orioles games. Um, and Will Stewart from Tech Sideline did a poll like asking Hokies fans, like, were they able to watch the game or was the game blacked out for them? And 46% of the respondents said that they could watch it. 49% of the respondents said it was blacked out for them and they weren't able to watch it. So uh, my open mic, I'm going to focus on like, the ACC's television contract. So first off, let's start out with the fact that it's not a great contract. And as far as Power Five conferences are concerned, uh, the ACC is absolutely behind the Big Ten and SEC. They're probably behind the Big 12 as well, and they're right on par with like the Pac-12. So they're probably either tied for fourth or fifth in terms of like television contracts in the Power Five. And then when you add on top of that, you've got a situation where, at least for Virginia Tech fans, more than, well, around half of the fans weren't able to watch a huge game this week and a game that had like a huge miracle ending with. Virginia Tech winning. I just think that that's not right. I think it's something that the ACC's got to get figured out. They've got to get they've got to get on that contract and even if the contract's not bringing in a lot of money, at least make it so that your fans can can watch the games that they want to watch. And there's a lot of options these days. There's streaming, there's cable. <laughs> there's a lot you can do, but for half the fans to be blacked out of a game, especially a game as big as this one, and one that I know you can't like predict the outcome ahead of time, but one that had a huge outcome like that, uh, I just think that that's a travesty, and it's like the ACC just has to do better. Well
1: said, my friend. Well said. I did have access to the game. I have Comcast. However, I was out of class late. A uh, class late, and I ended up catching the literally the last play of the game which turned out to be the most awesome part of the game. So I did get it. But, yes, Dan, we I blogged about this so many times. I think I blogged about this. Jeff can probably correct me if I'm wrong. I think I blogged about this at least twice this year and once last year. And I'm with you 1,000%. Uh, Jeff, man, the floor is yours here. What do you uh
0: Yeah. You know, this week is the start of the uh, ACC women's basketball tournament, and I, w- I want to take a look at this and one other topic. But yeah, if you all g- get a chance, I know Virginia Tech is is uh, highly seeded in this tournament. You know, coming in at nine, number five, headed to the NCAA tournament. Uh, you got you got NC State and Louisville that are playing for number one seeds in the national um, the national tournament. Notre Dame. North Carolina, Georgia Tech, all prop, Virginia Tech, all locks for the NCAA tournament, and and then uh, Miami, Florida State, Boston College trying to to get in. Um, that's a tournament, you know, really high level, high high quality basketball being played by the by the women. Uh, so that's that's a conference tournament. You know, I think we'll be we should be checking out and and will be really really a competitive tournament. And the other thing I want to talk about, and we mentioned this. Already, when you all talked about uh, Duke and and some of the upsets yesterday, number one lost, number two lost. So that's Gonzaga, Arizona. Auburn loses number three. Number four, Purdue lost. Number five, Kansas lost. Number six, Kentucky lost. Number nine, Texas Tech lost. You know who didn't lose was Duke. And what seemed like a, a little bit, on the outside, looking in, especially over the last several weeks, we know that the ACC has been down, is Duke's chances at a number one seed. Um, the, the door just cracked open. And I'm not saying that they're going to be able, even if they were to win out, including beating North Carolina and win the ACC tournament, they still may not be able to get to one of the number um, number one seeds, one of the four number one seeds. But the door's is open now. For Duke to, to to have a shot at that, I mean, they have a win over Kentucky and a win over 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 Gonzaga uh, with all those upsets yesterday. Duke has a shot, in, in my opinion, to get to a number one seed if they win out. They can't afford to lose a, a single game because uh, they're getting they're getting hurt a little bit uh, by the ACC as a whole this year. But the door is open for Shashevsky and that's a and and Duke to get a number one seed have. Uh, you know, those favorable seedings in the East or in the South, um, in Krzyzewski's final season. And, you know, if things are all equal, you know, the, I think that, you know, the committee will, you know, look to, to see Duke favorably. Uh, and those upsets definitely, definitely help. I mean, I, I was looking at some of the brackets and they could have their opening round games, you know, here in my neck of the woods in Greenville, South Carolina, they have uh, f- a number of years ago, Duke Duke was uh, sent over here to Greenville. They could go to New York, for example. Um, another New York is another hotbed of Duke fans, though I think that if they were to end up with a number one seed, I think there's a pretty good chance they'd be playing in, in Greenville, South Carolina. So that, that's that's something to keep an eye on as we go forward for, uh, for Duke the rest of the way out.
1: Good take, Jeff. Now, now I'll tell you, yeah, it's not only a hotbed of Duke fans up there in in New York and New Jersey. It's a it's a large slice of their alumni base up there. So, I mean, I think that's I think that's I think that's a good take. So, uh, guys, here's my take here on, on my open microphone. I actually went through. The ACC's predicted order of finish for men's basketball for 2021 and 2022, and I'm just going to read off a couple of these a uh, couple of these preseason rankings that came out at the beginning of the season. Wake Forest clocked in at number 13 in that predicted order of finish. Miami came in at number 12. Notre Dame came in at number eight. Louisville actually had a first place vote. <laughs> in the conference they came in at number six the way the the way the cards are shaking here right now no pun intended oh my gosh i just caught myself with that but you may actually see wake forest my and miami both with opportunities to get a a first round acc buy. like if north carolina loses what mm-hmm. a game this week and Notre Dame's already probably going to get that first round ACC buy and and you know Dan brought this up earlier but louisville st- Louisville stock was dropping faster than the 1930s stock market right with an acting head coach that's a pretty decent coaching job by some of those co- those some of those teams that were that were picked at the bottom of the ACC and you're going to see that reflected in uh you know certainly in the ACC coach of the year rank uh, co- coach of the year sorts of sorts of uh, rank uh, sorts of awards that that Jeff and I all put out here at the end of the season one and two I mean I would be remiss probably not to give a shout out to Virginia Tech. who is playing for ACC history this week because they if if Virginia Tech wins one of their two games, they will make ACC history this week because they no team that has started out two and seven in the conference has finished above 500 in the conference. and I think if you were looking at an ACC coach of the year for the last half of the, half of the season only, you'd probably be li- probably looking at mi- looking at Mike Young for Virginia Tech. I mean, we've been pretty, I think Jeff and I have been pretty 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 objective where we have called out teams that really haven't done that well, or players that really haven't done that well, but mostly not, not as much of the players. Right. I mean, I I may be a little critical about Virginia Tech's guard play at times, but we've been pretty fair and even handed about calling out performances that by teams that haven't been, haven't been very, haven't been very good, but we've also been very good about, about calling out teams that have done very well at various parts in the season and coaches that have, haven't done that very well in parts of the season and have done very well in parts of that season. So I, I think a a shout out to Sir.